Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I'm your host, Billy Pauhan, and yes, my voice is deeper. I have a cold right now. But with me, as always, is the... Mm, I'll say the Jigo to my Ashitaka, Mr. Raul Rodriguez. Mm, interesting. Yes, I hear I'm Raul Rodriguez. I don't have a cold. LA is burning out right now. I'm almost, I'm three quarters. I'm almost well done. But yeah, today we're going to do a really interesting film. And I'm pretty sure that Billy had a hunch that I was going to like it because this is not Kiki's delivery, delivery PG. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. It was like, <laughs> I'm just going to say it has everything that I love. High fantasy and gore. So Exactly. And today we're talking about, just a spoiler alert, my favorite um, Studio Ghibli movie, Princess Mononoke, released in 1997. So that is almost, that's 20, that'd be 20, no, not 24. It's almost your age because you're like, what, 96? That'd be 26 years ago then, wouldn't it? Mm. Oh no no! Twenty six would be ninety five. It would be twenty four. Yeah, so it's just a little bit younger than me mm-hmm. <laughs> by a year. <laughs> Way ninety seven was the same year as Armageddon. That piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I like Titanic. It was it was a good year. It was a travesty though that this film was never nominated for best animated feature. And it really should have say- been. This fuck the animation, I like it way more than Howl. Yeah, that's something that I absolutely love in this movie is the animation. It's probably some of the best that Studio Ghibli has ever done. I think our next movie is really the crown jewel or the uh, what is what is the word that I'm looking for? I'm just rambling now. <laughs> no, because I can feel that they put up a lot of money into the animation on this one. I even though House animation is great and Kiki's too and Totoro. But in this one, the detail, especially with those weird worms and the blood. And I'm like, <laughs> interesting choices of animation. And... Like, uh, because you're the expert on Studio Ghibli, I was like, according to my notes and everything, I just have some questions about the plot, but it's an interesting stuff, and I can see that it's following the same pattern as Kiki's, and not, not Kiki, uh, as Howell, of talking about the environment. This feels kind of like uh, what Avatar wanted to be. Yeah, this is the way discovered. I... Mm-hmm. Th- that That's the way I pitch it to most people is... Um, just imagine Avatar or Pocahontas if it was done right mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it was interesting. Yeah, because just... if more movies were like this, then the classic, it's the classic man versus nature. Mm-hmm. Sometimes man versus man. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of, and such rich characters in this movie. I, I can't wait to di- dive and, into it. And you know the other thing that sounded familiar also too? When I was watching the movie, it reminded me a lot of season two of Korra and season one of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, this is a big influence. And speaking of Avatar, James Cameron has stated that this movie is an influence for mm-hmm. the world of Pandora. And you can really see that with mm-hmm. the spirits and everything. And yeah, it's it's so cool. And just like wolves, wolves are cool. But yeah, this is a fantasy adventure. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's comprised of a lot of curse monsters, a lot of people driven by ambition, mm-hmm. greed, selfless hero, vengeful gods. And it's also remarkable that there's really no villain mm-hmm. in this movie, no outright villain. Everybody has shades of gray. Also, pretty high feminist movie. You think about it too. Yes, San and like it really does portray women in such a positive light that mm-hmm. I really do recommend it to everybody. Mm-hmm. No, it's so cool. Also, be, what the people are listening is not feminism. Like, oh, men, men are bad, and men are are raping all of that crap. Uh, oh, a little bit, but co- mostly coffee. done as like joke. That stupid remake of Black Christmas, one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not that kind of feminist. It's the right kind of feminist. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I very much agree. So, you want to just get into the plot, or yes. Yes, just um, what were you expecting before? Um, I knew nothing about this movie. Nothing at all. Not even a frame. At least I knew something of 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 how. I knew nothing about Kiki. I only knew about the cat. And from Totoro, I knew the logo. That that's the Studio Ghibli logo. But this mm-hmm. one I didn't knew a thing. I didn't knew it was about wolves, spirits, heads chopping off. I didn't knew nothing. <laughs> and nice. I don't know, do they keep it hidden? Is Princess Mononoke like the least popular for the general audience? Because... No, actually quite on the contrary. This is one of the movies that helped establish Ghibli like worldwide. Mm. Like initially it didn't have as big a a response especially mm-hmm. in north america but over time it's just cultivated this awesome following oh interesting yeah that's the thing that's it was weird for me that i didn't knew nothing about it yeah well i'm glad that you did i see mm-hmm. san mm-hmm. cosplay all the time all mm-hmm. the time i will always see a woman dressed in like you know her initial outfit with the mask and everything mm-hmm. and it's cool so film opens with a narration by uh, explaining the ancient gods and giant beasts that inhabit the forest. Beautiful sh- um, establishing shots, by the way, of mountains and forest. And this, and the mountains here are surrounded by mist. And it feels like, kind of like, ooh, what's in those forests? But the, the gods and the beasts, they owe their allegiance to the forest spirit. And the ancient gods lived harmoniously with humans. But times change because, as you know, humans destroy the environment. And it's now an age of gods and demons. Cut to the incredible score as well. Just some of the best music that Ghibli has ever done. And it was done by Joe Hisaishi. Really good job. So are you saying that it's all Korra's fault because she destroyed the bridge between spirits and humanity? And this is a sequel to (laughs) season two of Korra? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) San has very Korra vibes for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we meet our hero, Ashitaka, in the English version voiced by Billy Crudup. Mm. Or Dr. Manhattan. (laughs) Or Flash's dad in Justice League. Yep. My favorite role of his is um, Almost Famous. Mm, he's cool. he's the band leader, Russell. Mm-hmm. He's a golden god. <laughs> anyway, he's a prince of the Mishi people living mm-hmm. in the Eastern Front. And they 
We'll establish later on in this movie that his people have been nearly wiped out because of a war. Which that's another thing, once again, anti-war. And he rides his awesome red elk, Yakul. Just this massive elk that he rides like a horse up the hillside. And he he's going to his village and he's passing three girls along the way. Including a girl named Kaya, who is voiced by Tara Strong. She wasn't known as Tara Strong back then, but she's a very prominent voice actress. You would know her voice for sure. Uh, his younger sister. and Or in the Japanese version, it's the girl that Ashitaka was arranged to marry. And he tells the girls that the village oracle um, has sensed trouble and is ordering everyone back to the village. And then Kaya tells the old man... Um, Jisan noticed something from his tower. So, because there's a big watchtower for any trespassers and stuff, because it's a very closed village. And Ashitaka goes up there to check out what's what's going on. And we see that there's this creature covered in all these worms. Um, all these worms, and it kind of looks like a spaghetti monster, or I forget what Pokemon it was, but. <laughs> Also, is this is a Venom prequel? It looks like a symbiote. <laughs> hey, very. This movie is a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and it emerges from the forest. It's revealed to be this massive boar that's turned into a demon, a Tatari Gami. And it knocks down the tower, but Ashitaka and Jisan leap to safety. And Ashitaka pursues it on Yakul. Again, it's like a horse. He has to scare cool to run because it's just in awe mm-hmm. or not in awe but in fear of this thing because mm-hmm. it's, it's really creepy yes damn like the the way that you see it move and the way that opens his mouth and the way that is well that's in another frame but the way that's slowly kind of like bleeding out and the, the way that he speaks too yeah for sure and we also established that Ashitaka is a very good warrior because he is shooting this creature from <clears throat> Yakul with bow and arrows. I don't know if you... It's, it's hard enough to aim with a bow and arrow just on ground. He's doing it while moving. Mm-hmm. He's better than Hawkeye. Ooh. Could be. Could be. <laughs> but during this awesome... Like, he's just like, demon, spare the village. And it doesn't listen. But then it starts to attack the girls, and he has to go... And he shoots it with his arrows. But during this um, fight, some of the demon tentacles, the tendrils, attach onto his arm. That means mm-hmm. he's now cursed. And he has a wicked mark as well. Like, it burns into his skin and everything. And the um, the oracle's just like, you gotta pour some water over it. And mm-hmm. she, she's just like, we, we ask that you bear no ill will. And the demon's just like, You'll know hatred and grief just as I have. And then it dies mm-hmm. and it just decomposes into a skeleton right there. And it's freaking awesome. Yeah, the way this is disgusting little creatures, you will like, you will suffer like I did. And I'm like, then the muscle was like, okay, I'm already on board. Oh, this, this has got super interesting. Also, this has already happened, but we see that he chops off one of the guys' arms, right? With an arrow? No, not yet. No, we haven't. That's when he leaves the village. 
because now the elders um they they go together and they they go to interpret what just happened mm-hmm. and the oracle is just like oh show your arm and he asks and she asks if he's ready to hear his fate and then he said yeah and she goes the scar is going to spread and it will kill you mm-hmm. but instead of waiting to die you can rise and meet your fate and they also found an iron ball that was in the boar's body which caused it to turn into a demon because this is like when gunpowder weapons were still new and they used the iron ball and they they think that's the cause of his transformation but she tells ashitaki you gotta go to the west far out to the west and see with eyes unclouded but that he can't return and then ashitaka agrees and he cuts off he has a top knot which is usually used for royal people right remember zuko he his top knot his his long ass ponytail yes. mm-hmm. in japanese culture and eastern culture in general when you cut hair that's a mm-hmm. that is usually like for like shame and stuff mm-hmm. so he cuts it and then he's starting to leave but it's also a symbol of him separating and then mm-hmm. I, my favorite shot of the entire movie is when he is riding with Yakul up the mountain mm-hmm. and it's just the score playing. Yeah. It's pretty kind of like Western kind of like a shot. That's a really good one. And then uh, he lives, uh, he leaves the town. And one of the things that he, they say that he cannot be protected on his journey. And so, so he's the last one of the Mishi generation. And also... This is when he's like a riding. Also, he gets chased. Oh, also, I think Wikaya gives Ashitaka a crystal dagger. Yeah, he. It's supposed to be, um, like for good luck and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it doesn't help to locate the Death Star. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, and so then later he he's like um just riding. Also, he gets chased. And then he, another great sequence, you see him like a, with the bow and arrow and, and like riding with Jakul. And one of my first notes that I put at the beginning, Jakul don't die because that's when I, that, was, that creature was so damn awesome. And I'm like, I, I had a feeling during the home, I was like, is this going to go kind of like a, the never ending story kind of like, we're going to see this thing die, right? No, not Artax. <laughs> R.I.P. Never, never too late. I know. And yeah, no, this is when he comes across a bunch of, um, I think a bunch of samurai uh-huh. fighting with villagers mm-hmm. and the villagers are unarmed and they're literally stabbing mm-hmm. them in the back and everything. And Ashitaki is just like, no, leave him alone. And then you see his arms just throbbing and that, but when he releases the arrow, it flies so fast that it hits the samurai's sword but it takes off his arms because he was still holding on to it and it attaches to the tree. And they're just like, what? And, and then, yeah, they, they obviously start shooting at him. I know. And then you still like seeing, I was like, okay, this is weird for an animation. Like uh, me with me, my expectation was like, uh, this is still PG. I didn't even notice if it was PG or PG-13. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm liking the vibes. Uh, at least it's not blood. But then I'm like, everyone was like, that 
that pig just that board just got melted. I'm like, they melted someone in Roger Rabbit, and that was a G-rated movie, so it was the 90s. But I was not waiting for what happened later in the movie. But yeah, and then we see this is when he when he meets that that random guy, right? I forget his name, Jobo. Jiko, voiced by Billy Bob Gico. Thornton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to buy rice with a golden nugget, and then Jigo's just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is probably just worth several bags." But he just takes the single bag, and he just mm-hmm. he he goes off. He just wants to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Right, and he cools his mark by putting it under a waterfall and everything, and we see that it's getting mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's coming like a virus, just to make it thumbnail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also he brings up that the little golden nugget was kind of like um, like a it was a huge amount of money, and then he would have gotten even like four of rice, four bags of rice, and all of a sudden, uh, they're carrying. We see another group of men carrying rice, and this this is when we meet Lady Eboshi, and there's another man, gentleman next to next to him, next to her. Sorry, and then you see this gorgeous wolf a white huge white wolf and then we know that he's the her name uh he, moro the big the biggest one is moro yeah moro. but lady aboshi is voiced by mini driver mm, that's why that's not that for that voice yes. on the and her first lieutenant is gonza voiced by john dimaggio who i will always know as bender from futurama nice. again one of those voices that you have heard in your mm-hmm. life, if you've watched anything animated, you have definitely heard his voice. Yeah, they're they're carrying mm-hmm. oxen up a mountain. And then the two mm-hmm. white wolves, they're charging down this big muddy slope because it's raining and everything. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're in there with them. And this masked girl is on them holding a spear. And then she's just like, oh, open fire. And they do. They, they fire with the Ishabia or hand cannons. And they're, they're just one shot, old, uh, light it with a match kind of weapons, like gunpowder weapons. And it, it drives off the wolves. And then uh, Lady Boshi's just like, oh, those, those are just the pups. Wait till you see the mother. And then on the queue, the big one, who does have a voice actress, by the way, Jillian Anderson. Yes, Scully. Scully. Agent Skelly oh, from wow. the X-Files attacks the caravan and sends a bunch of people and oxen tumbling down the mountain and into the river. Mm. She is twice the size of her pups as well. Mm-hmm. The guards use a flamethrower to set her on fire, but Lady and Lady mm-hmm. Eboshi shoots her in the chest mm-hmm. and sends her off the cliff. And they're just like, oh, it's dead. And then she's just like, she's a god. It's going to take a lot more than that. And then even I was like, damn. And then she cold heartedly is just like, forget everybody else, just keep moving. I was like, mm-hmm. damn. But Ashitaka arrives at the river, you know, mm-hmm. for his um, mark, and he sees bodies floating by, and he pulls out mm-hmm. two two injured men from the, like you said, the rice caravan. The oxen are carrying rice. Mm-hmm. You would, so you you were correct, and. Mm-hmm. He notices um, the mo- the body of Moro on the other side of the river, along with the pups, 
And then the warrior girl, mm. whose name is San, and she's voiced by Claire Danes. Um, mm. She tends to more trying to suck the bullet out and spitting mm. out the blood. But then um, they notice he's there, and he's just like, are you guys gods? And then San's just like, go away. <laughs> and that's when you get the poster image as well. Oh. Oh, so uh, I was like, okay, this movie is not for children. Like seeing that the the girl's son uh, sucking uh, sucking up the blood from the wolf, and I'm like, okay, this is not a children's movie. This is this got really interesting, <laughs> especially the way that the blood is animated. And also, we get the introduction to the thing that creeped me out during the whole movie: those stupid weird. Kind of like ghosts that go into the forest. Oh, the Kadamas. Yes, I was like, uh, kill them. Kill kill them with fire. They look super creepy for me. You mean when they do the head thing and then... Uh I was just like, oh, I can see a pop figure of those. The little Kadamas. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. He's just like, oh no, they're tree spirits. And Mm -hmm. they appear as a sign that the forest is healthy. Although Mm -hmm. the ox driver, Kuroku is worried because he's one of the guys he's one of the injured men and he's just like ah get me out of here he's freaking out and then ashitaka is just mm-hmm. like no no just calm, calm down and mm-hmm. he just goes oh you have nothing to worry about they're they're fine and ashitaka we see is very polite very selfless and puts doesn't care about his own life which mm-hmm. we will see later on in the movie um he pl- he asks for safe passage and he carries them on Yakul. Mm-hmm. And then there's this amazing part of the forest with these mossy trees and these mm-hmm. in this clear water. And he sees the footprints of San and the wolves. And he goes to get some water and he sees the tracks of a three-toed animal he doesn't recognize. Mm-hmm. And he spots a herd of deer. And then he sees one that has a ridiculous amount of antlers. Like mm-hmm. otherworldly kind of antlers, and then um, his arm throbs, and then it moves on its own, and he only gains control when the deer leaves. Mm-hmm. But then he notices the gunner, gunner he's carrying seems a bit lighter, so possibly healed him. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing that it was interesting of seeing that that spirit and the way that come kind of like a slowly it's kind of like a rotting Asitaka, but also the way that they he found that thing in the waters because he saw that spirit walking by, that that spirit is gonna be important later, and also I don't know if this character was already there, but of of it was when they get to the to the Iron Town, I was like that Kuroku. He looks a lot like Soga, like Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> Is it the hair? Yeah, the hair <laughs> and the outfit. Yeah, and then we get to Iron Town, which is a uh, this is a good chunk of the movie takes place. It's supposed to be like mm-hmm. a Western town, like from a John Ford movie, or it's it's very industrial because there's a big mm-hmm. iron ore there, and yeah, it, it meets. It's called Tatara. And it's a settlement across this lake. And it's protected by these long wooden beams and stuff. Like a fortress. And then they're welcomed into the town. And then Kuroku's just like, hey, you should be thanking this guy. Because he just saved mm-hmm. our lives. 
and they're like, did anybody else survive? And he's like, no, it's just us two. Mm-hmm. And then the big uh, Lieutenant Gonza appears and he's just like, who are you? And how'd you go through the forest with 200 men? And then uh, he's cut short when Kuroku's wife, uh, Toki, who is Jada Pinkett Smith, mm-hmm. uh, runs down and then he, she's just like, why did you get injured? And you're risking our livelihood. We, you can't uh, drive the oxen anymore, you stupid man. <laughs> and then she thanks Ashitaka and then criticizes Gaza. She's just like, and you need to take care, better care of your men. We lost all those guys because of you guys. Mm-hmm. But then uh, my, the funniest part of the movie is all the ladies start to thirst over Ashitaka. They're just like, oh, you must be handsome. Can you show your face? Oh, dang, you're gorgeous. And they're openly flirting with him in front of everybody. And he's just silently just not saying a word. Doesn't look flattered or anything. This is one of my, this is my first question of the movie. How old is Ashitaka? Um, like uh, late teens, I guess. Or yeah. he, he's, a, he's a young man. Probably early 20s. Honestly. So the, those women are molesting him? Well, no, not <laughs> I mean I mean granted it's more more sexually harassing him, but really yeah. the thirst is very <laughs> thirst. I was like you're thirsting over I thought that maybe he was like seventeen and maybe son was maybe like fourteen. Well, I mean they can still say he's handsome as long as they don't do anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, he sits with the men, and they're just like, oh, yeah, no, this place is awesome. Lady Yaboshi treats us well. She really cares about Mm -hmm. what we have to say and everything. And immediately, you would think that Lady Yaboshi would be like um, the don't breathe guy from Avatar, where he's just an asshole who just wants power and all that stuff. And he was the diamonds, like the uh, um, forgot his name, Rubisi. I remember that. Oh, Giovanni Rubisi. Yeah. Yeah, but he's eating with the men, and then the women are just like, oh, do you want to see where we work? Mm-hmm. And they just roast the men. <laughs> and um, It turns out that the women are former prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. It was like, a kid's movie. <laughs> but yeah, Lady Boshi buys the contracts of every brothel girl that she finds and then gets them to Irontown to help and gives them a job. Yeah, so so she's the Harrison Ford of this universe. She's the pretty, she's the guy, like a pretty woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since she came to Tatara, things have been gotten. Not better. Harrison Ford, Richard Gere. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> You're thinking of the Sabrina remake. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> I like the Sabrina remake too. I like both of them. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they tell of Nago, the boar god who once ruled the forest surrounding the town. But he became enraged when the men started cutting down the trees to get to the, the or, iron ore beneath the ground. And then often attacked with the herd of boars. And we tur- it turns out that she shot Nago. And he realizes that Nago was the same. Nago was the same. Not Naga. Um, Nago was the same boar that inflicted his cursed wound. And Lady Aboshi ended up turning him into a demon. But uh, Ashitaka finds Lady Eboshi, and she's just going around inspecting everything. And she's not an idiot. She's just like, show me your arm. She notices, and then they're like, oh. And then he's just like, 
Um, she's just like, no, I did it. But uh, what are your intentions? Like, she's very straight and to the point. She's just like, yeah, I know what I am. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> and Nashitaka is just like, look, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get rid of this curse. And she's just like, all right, that's sweet. Um, or he he says to see with eyes unclouded by hate. And Boshi is just like, all right, I'll I'll show you how I operate things. And then we see she has a group of lepers that serve as gunsmiths for her. They make rifles for her. Again, giving people in this town something to do. And it shows that she's a very capable, hardworking leader that seems to genuinely care about people. Which you would think by all outward appearances that would not be the case. That gives a nice uh, nice layer to our... Probably the closest thing to an antagonist. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say because I'm like... There's a lot of part of the movie that makes you look that Lady Bush is the villain, especially what she does in the third act. But at the end, I'm like, maybe because of what happened in the ending, I don't consider her kind of like a villain, but she is technically. And that's the thing that I, I liked from the character, but I'm at the same time, I was like, she's kind of like a, maybe you can say she's kind of like a, not an anti-hero that wouldn't apply neither. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of like the closest thing to an antagonist, the way that Lady Aboshi's goals, because then she establishes that she wants to kill the the, 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 the forest spirits for her to have a bigger town, because she wants power. She just wants to get rid of the forest. Yeah, and she wants to do that so that she can expand the town. And she is mm -hmm. making guns so that she can arm the women to protect mm -hmm. the town because she knows that it's going to draw a lot of attention. And the metal bender. <laughs> Again, she apologizes. She's just like, look, I'm sorry that I put this curse on you. And he's just like, um, you know how much hatred you're going to spread and how mm -hmm. bad this is going to be. And she's just like, is it really bad? Yeah. His arm attempts to draw his sword. But Ashitaka is holding it down. Yeah, I, I I like that moment too. That also technically is kind of like a the arm, but also the arm because of like the thing you said about hatred, almost kind of like a demon kind of thing. The way that it controls also about hate, and also killing killing Lady Eboshi because maybe it's like he like the spirit knows that Lady Eboshi is killing more spirits, so that's pretty a pretty cool. Moment. Yeah, I also, also forgot about a line that she said while they were getting attacked: "Don't get too close to the wolf," because. Um, mm -hmm. A wolf can bite your arm off. Yes, and also I think she says between all those, all, all of between the lines that that son, uh, son, sorry, son, she has no soul. That her soul is immoral. That was an interesting thing that she said. That she knows that about moral and son. And also he, she also establishes that the the spirit of the of the forest. Can, can heal anything, and that's why Ashitaka needs to find a spirit of, of the forest. Yeah, it's the only cure that he could have to his wound. Mm -hmm. But one of the older lepers is just like, hey, just be nicer to her, because she took pity on us, because we're lepers. Mm -hmm. And she cares for us, they, she gives us a home and nobody else would. Life's mm -hmm. hard, and it's cursed, and he even goes, I understand your rage, young man. 
but people still mm -hmm. find ways to keep living. And then uh, she fires upon a tribe of ape spirits attempting to plant new mm -hmm. trees because they're trying to regrow the forest. But she's like, once she kills the other spirits, all the other gods will be reduced to just lumbering beasts. And mm -hmm. Princess Mononoke, which means vengeful spirit, she's referring to San. Mm -hmm. She thinks that San is a spirit, will be human. Because mm -hmm. that's another thing is San's uh, struggle with am I human, am I wolf, am I both? Again. Oh, maybe she's a Papa team. You don't know about God damn her. it. <laughs> but she goes, yeah, she wants to, she lives to kill me. She wants to kill mm -hmm. me. And like you said, blood of the forest spirit grants immortality. She also wants to do it to cure her lepers. Mm -hmm. Maybe Ashitaka's curse. But then he, mm -hmm. he he goes to the forge and he helps out uh, um, the women. Mm -hmm. And he sees that really life is better for these people. Mm -hmm. But then we see San and the two wolf brothers, they attack Tatara. And they rush up the hill. And San just pole vaults off of them. Throws her spear and then uses that momentum to go over the wall, surprising the guard. And all she has is a knife. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to, again, kill Lady Eboshi. But Ashitaka can sense her. And he's trying to stop her. But Eboshi is just like, alright, I know she's coming for me. She gets two women with rifles in the center of town setting up a very obvious trap. Mm -hmm. And Oh man, it's so cool. The animation is so fast and fluid. Also, this is the moment when they fight, right? Hussan and Eboshi. Mm. That was a pretty cool fight. And I'm like, I also this joke came out like later because of the conflict between San that she doesn't know if she's a human or a, or a spirit or a wolf. It would have been cool if Eboshi would have said, San, you come from nothing. But not to me. No. <laughs> no. no. Um, <laughs> after that, I, I mean, they're trying to shoot her on the rooftops and, and Ashitaka mm -hmm. is just like, no, don't throw your life away. You could do much better than this. Again, he's just trying. He's holding on. I'm going to, I will end this episode. If you, if, <laughs> that is the last one you have. Okay. If you do any more, I will literally, I will exit out of this thing. I am not joking. <laughs> um, anyway, um, she gets shot. Um, and falls from the roof and then just tries to get up but then they shoot her again and this time one of the bullets ends up hitting her in the mask and it breaks the mask off and it knocks her ass unconscious and then um, <coughs> Ashitaka uses the strength from his cursed arm he rips a beam from the, from the roof to halt the crowd so he can get San out of there and then he wakes her up, but she immediately starts attacking like a wild animal. And then San and Boshi fight. And there's a mob that's going there. And then we see, again, the curse is amplified by hate. And he's just getting so pissed. He, um, the, uh, the lieutenant tries to um, stop him. Because all he does is just shout and give people, tries to give people shit and be intimidating. But Ashitaki, he just bends the sword. <laughs> 
And he I was gonna say that I was gonna say that was like a he metal bands. Ashitaka metal bands. I was like, I'm another proof of my theory that this is part of the Korra universe. Yeah, literally, because <laughs> he's just like, Oh, you're working with the wolf girl, and he's just like, Yeah, my way. And then he <laughs> he stops both of them and he's like, This is what hate looks like. It's eating me alive mm-hmm. and soon it will kill me. Fear and anger only make it grow faster. And Boshi's just like, whatever. And she'll <laughs> cure him by removing his arm. But Ashitaka knocks both her and San out of the way to stop them from fighting. Mm-hmm. What a boss. But then he yes. is just like, okay, here, she's fine. She's just knocked out. I'm taking San away. Mm-hmm. And But then they're just like, you know, nobody treats our lady like that. And one of the women um, is hesitant at first, but gets scared into shooting Ashitaka. But he doesn't even make a, no- a sound. And he's still, he's carrying San on his back. And he just keeps walking towards the entrance. And he's just like, I'm, I'm going to leave now. And the guards won't open the gate. And they're just like, oh, it takes 10 men to lift it. So Ashitaka just opens it himself. Despite just yes. bleeding profusely because he's got the bullet wound. He's losing a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. In that moment, I thought that maybe the infection was keep, keeping him alive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, Ashitaka, he's bringing. He he tells the wolves that he's bringing San out, and then he thanks the town people. <laughs> Very, I'm, I'm sure the town people were just as confused as everybody else because they're just like, okay, so he knocked out our leader, gave her back mm-hmm. to us, took our enemy away to take care of her and then opened our gate and it's just like oh yeah by the way thanks yeah that's a lot of different stuff at the same time <laughs> but i think it's kind of like the thing that you said that ashitaka he's a nice guy he that he cares for others that he doesn't care about himself i think that maybe that's why it's kind of like you don't he doesn't have a a purpose like a big purpose or an angle as a hero and that's a that's a pretty interesting factor. Yeah, for sure. And so then he's carrying Ash, um, not Ashitaka. He's carrying San on the mountainside on Yakul, but he falls off mm-hmm. of Yakul because he's of blood loss. And then San awakens mm-hmm. in time to see him fall. And then they're literally one of the wolves starts like attacking him, and she's just like, no, 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 because, no. um. She's just like, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, why? Why did you stop? And he just goes, it, it would have been uh, to stop you from getting consumed by hate. And then he just looks up and she has a sword to his throat and he just goes, you're beautiful. And then she's just like, what? <laughs> so that's how you that's how you stop a woman from <laughs> killing you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then the ape clan just appears. They want to eat Ashitaka in order to get strong again to regrow the forest. And then they're just like, no, what are you talking about? And they only get angry because they call San a human. But then uh, she convinces her brothers to leave Ashitaka with her. Mm-hmm. And she gains Yakul's trust pretty quickly and carries Ashitaka into the forest. Mm-hmm. And this is the forest that we saw earlier. And then, uh... and then we see, I think this is when we see Lady Eboshi 
she's attacking Canola like another town as she also she establishes her goal that she wants to kill the main spirit of the forest because there's a lot of spirits in the forest but she's talking about the main one yeah the one with the creepy ass face mm-hmm. yeah, that um one. oh no this is when uh she puts uh ashitaka in the in the heart of the forest as it's called mm-hmm. and um puts him on an island and um what will happen is either the forest spirit will take his life away or it will heal him Leaves it up to him, but she removes Yakul's harness. She's saying he's free, and uh, but Yakul just stays right there, right in the middle of the water, because they have to they have to cross a small pond, and uh, the little Kadomas um, uh, show up as well, and then we see this thing. It's called the Nightwalker. It's its two legged giant ass mm-hmm. form, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they they start all making a bunch of noise, hmm. and then like you said, or actually no, this is when Jigo he watches the Nightwalker from a hideaway, but he's dressed in a bearskin, mm-hmm. and he points out to other hunters. He's just like, that's the reason they're out there, because um, if the Emperor wants immortality, and he's willing to pardon Jigo because they're actually criminals, they're not. He he says he's a monk, but he's not. And he just wants he wants to be pardoned, and he's got a um, the go ahead from the emperor as long as he gets the head of the uh, the spirit of the forest, because the emperor is afraid of death, and so so we get his motivation. They watch the spirit as it turns to day; it turns into the deer that we saw earlier, and then. He sees that um, um, that he he uh, Ashitaka has a little sapling as well that he gives to the spirit because you have to offer something to a god, and then it dies immediately because in order for one life to get healed, something has to be taken away. Yes, and so as so so we see that well, like we established that Lady Eboshi, she we see we're back into Iron Town, and Eboshi wants to leave the town because as also the women, uh, uh, tell Lady Eboshi that she will be they will be the one that's gonna protect the town that they don't need the man the man for that that they also that the the town is gonna be fine without her. As so so we see. Uh, the boars uh, and yes, um, and also Lady Eboshi, she also establishes on a, on a line that maybe she thinks that the spirit saving life is a lie, but even though we already saw that, no, the spirit of the forest does uh, save a life. It d- and does. also we see that Moro te- tells Ashitaka, and uh, I don't know if I got this right. Uh, kind of like Moro wants Ashitaka to die. Yeah, she hates humans. All the yeah, all the she, forest she hate hates all the forest animals hate humans because of mm-hmm. I mean they've been literally destroying their home. As we see a lot of boars marching through the forest, destroying it. Yeah, led by the this big white one, who is Lord Dakota, mm-hmm. voiced by Keith David, who is also mm-hmm. the narrator at the beginning. 
You you might know him as Goliath from Gargoyles. Oh, okay. As also they established that Sun Sun will die if the forest dies. As also Moro says, if he come he if he comes back, he will kill he will kill him. And also, we see that also Moro says that he raised Sun to be like a wolf, but she's neither. As also Asitaka leaves kind of like a color for some behind and then we know that that color is the, it has the 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 dagger the crystal dagger yeah uh, there was also a a scene where she literally feeds him bird style chews up the food and puts mm-hmm. it in his mouth and he's crying because he can't do it <laughs> mm-hmm. and we saw that his bullet wound was healed but his his yes. curse was not it's mm-hmm. like why is why is that but yes then like you said, um, um, the the boars meet up with the um, the wolves, and they're in the middle of town and they're fighting. And the boars are just like, uh, "Why would the forest spirit spare a human, but not Nago?" And they're just mm-hmm. like, uh, "Moro's just like, the forest spirit has reasons of his own." Mm-hmm. She goes, "Look, I've been wounded. I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna accept it." Nago did not. He was, he was cowardly, and they're just like, "Oh, that's absurd." And then Nakoto is just like, or Ashitaka is just like, "Look, I had to kill Nago, and that's why I'm cursed." Mm-hmm. And then we see that Okoto is blind, and but he smells uh, Ashitaka's hand, and then confirms that what he's saying is true. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, "I'm really sorry that the demon came from our tribe. It's made us." Uh, cowardly and stupid. Then mm-hmm. he he goes. I'm still going to attack the humans. We won't likely win, but we're still going to fight to the last. And then we don't need your help. And he even says, "Look, I appreciate your honesty, boy. But if you come back here again, I will be forced to kill you because mm-hmm. th- these are sacred grounds. He's not allowed there." <laughs> Mm-hmm. As also we see that Moro seems from afar that the lady is attacking more parts of the forest. As also Moro says, like she's gonna, she's trying to destroy our sense of smell of, between our follow the thing that she's doing with the iron, the way that she's like burning the forest. As also Moro noticed that uh, Asitaka wants son, romantically speaking. And then we see San uh, on one of the wolves as we see that she has already the crystal dagger of Asitaka. And so, so we see that Asitaka goes back to the Iron Town, but he's attacked by the Lord that I'm forget, uh, forgetting the name. Sano. The big boar. He's the, he's oh, the yeah. guy that um, all the samurai that were attacking earlier, they're mm-hmm. attacking uh, Tatara and they want that town mm-hmm. because they want the iron there. And they're just yes. like, um, so Lady Yaboshi and the men are fighting him as well as the forest spirits. <laughs> and um, they're just like, look, we'll leave you alone if you give us half the iron. But then they're just like, ladies, tell them, tell them what we think of that. And then <laughs> they literally like shoot in front of the mes- messenger. And yeah, it, um, it introduces uh, Jigo. He makes his way to Iron Town. And he said, oh, mm-hmm. did you see a, a young man, a stranger? 
because we saw earlier in the scene, we see that he's very perceptive as well. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, you know, not many people wear those clothes or fight with stone heads. Only the Amishi people. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. I won't tell anybody your identity because he knows that he would be like, mm -hmm. he would be killed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see that he, he's telling Eboshi about collecting the reward and the pardon. We see he's, um, he's an opportunist. Like mm -hmm. he doesn't have any loyalty to anybody except himself and that he will take whatever route a, a lot like Littlefinger where yeah. really he has very selfish motivations. Mm -hmm. But uh, then she's just like, oh yeah, uh, we'll see if this means. Uh, and then she takes the letter from the emperor and she's just like, hey, you, you know what this is? And then the ladies are just like, no, seriously, who is this? She's just like, mm -hmm. see, they don't care. Because um, the emperor has no true power. Mm -hmm. It lies in the strength of her people. And she has that. So she has the real power. She's like, mm -hmm. all right, I'll help you. But if you, you have to hunt down the forest spirit. But it will be done on my way with no loss of human life. And also remove your riflemen because he brought a a garrison of riflemen up in the hills mm -hmm. just in case. But then he's just laughing because he's just like, <laughs> man, you're smart. You figured me out really quickly. <laughs> and yeah, she is very smart. Yeah, La Lady Abush is really damn smart. And also as we see that in the town... Um, as he talk, he's getting asked by all of the women to go and say and to go back to save Lady Eboshi, even though kind of like um, Asitaka, like we said, that he's a hero that he will care most about other people than him. And so, so we see that in one of these chases, uh, Jakku uh, gets shot. And so, so they smell the, the burning flesh that is coming around, and so, so we see other samurais like facing uh, Asitaka and Jakul as they're running away. As also we see pretty damn cool sequences. We see Asitaka cutting our heads and arms with the bow, bows and arrows. As also he has, he's more precise because of the infection of his arm. Yeah, for sure. And it shows that there are some benefits to this, but ultimately it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And then after this, oh no, we forgot about the cave scene. Ashitaka, he wakes up in Moro's cave and above the trees and San mm -hmm. sleeping next to him and then he goes out on the ledge and he has a conversation with Moro, which is probably the best. And she's just like, you know, you can just jump off the cliff, boy. Mm -hmm. And she tells him, oh, you've been sleeping for days. I'm sorry, though, that you didn't cry out because um she would have been justified in biting his head off to keep him quiet and that the boars are about to attack. She can feel mm -hmm. the pain of the forest as it dies. And she goes, you can't hear it the way I can hear it. You people are the worst. And then Ashitaka, of course, naively is just like, why can't we just live together in peace? And then she's just like, that can't happen. Um, because she also longs to kill a Boshi. She goes, there's going to be a battle. And San will fight alongside the gods and die with them. She has no hope that 
she will live. And then we learn a little bit about San, and then it was just like uh, some humans invaded the forest, but in their ta- in their terror, they threw the baby at Moro, and that baby was San. But Moro kept her and raised her as her own. Though she loves San, she understands that she will never fully belong anywhere, either to the wolves or to the humans. And there's nothing that either of them can do about that. And then she goes, leave my cave by dawn or I will kill you. He gets, he gets threatened a lot by these spirits. They are not kind. Or they're, they're kinder than most, but they, they are just like, we're not fucking around. Just do what we say. But then he's still he's still sort of weak, but like you said, Ashitaka gives um, the crystal dagger necklace to the wolf to give to San. He's just like, "Thank you for leading me out and uh, give this to San." By the way, because I love her, not intentionally, but he, there is some genuine chemistry between the two, like like an understanding. Yes, and so, so we see that, like, like you said, that there's kind of like a sort of romantic vibe, but not a lot between uh, San and Asitaka. And also, as we see, we see it going back when Jakku get, gets shot, that's also we see that Asitaka sees the bodies of a lot of men, as he knows that Iboshi is heading in to kill the spirit. And also, he knows that the wolves and San are, are kind of like a, that's the thing that I also got a little confused. But even though I know the motivations of Sun is to defeating Iboshi, but also technically it's also acknowledging that Sun is helping the boars to fight against Iboshi, right? Yeah, San is going to help the boars because the boars need her help more than Moro does. Uh-huh. And uh, yes, she, Moro is just like, that boy wanted to share his life with you. But then San is just like, I hate humans. That is a criticism of the movie is that um, our main, the title character, it's just, oh, I'm a wolf. No, I'm, yeah, or, I hate humans. But on the other hand, it's just like, yeah, you would, because those are the only things that you've known. But then the wolf is just like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's the crystal dagger. And then she's just like, oh, shit, because nobody's ever given anything to her like that. She's kind of like a Mowgli kind of character, you think yeah. about it. Kind of like Jungle Book. For sure. Very torn or like Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Tarzan too. I, I was like, why am I blinking? There's another character that has even more story. I was like Tarzan. Because Tarzan, he was raised by gorillas. He thought he was a gorilla, but then we know that he's a human. Same same he's with... Uh, yeah, same with Mowgli, like you said. Mm-hmm. Or, this is going to sound weird, but Aquaman, if that makes any sense. He's not entirely yes. on the land and not entirely on the sea. And he's seen as a, a monstrosity on both. Doesn't really belong anywhere. But ultimately has a good heart. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with San. Even though she is very yeah, it's, it's a hybrid kind of character that belongs to a lot of like different characteristics. Especially how mm, San... Even though Pura knows a lot of Pura Mononoke, but the way that she, technically she doesn't know what she, where she really belongs. But even though she will protect the the thing that raised her, that is technically the spirits and the forest and Moro. Yeah, and then uh, Ashitaka makes his way back to Tatara and sees that they're getting sieged 
So he goes to help, and then again, it's more arms getting shot off, more heads mm-hmm. getting shot off, literally. And damn, it's it's awesome. <laughs> really damn awesome. Like this is not this is not the it's kind of like almost like the Kiki sequel that I was pitching, but with less heads. <laughs> but this was damn awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, so, so then, then they're just see... like, uh, oh, tell uh, they're like Ashitaka, you gotta tell Lady Boshi that we're getting, we're holed up, mm-hmm. and that we need yeah, help. Yeah, we already mentioned that 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 he technically Ashitaka, even though he doesn't want to, well, technically he wants to, but like he's gonna go and save Lady Boshi, even though the Lady Boshi is causing so many destruction. Yeah, and we see um, when he's looking at the aftermath of uh, one of the battles with the Boars. There's a lot of dead boars. Yes. Um, that samurai shoots an arrow and actually hits Yakul. Mm-hmm. But then he stops to fight and he just, again, shoots them, shoots their heads off. Mm-hmm. I love how he he just dodges the arrow like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's letting his anger get the better of him, though. And then... Um, he pulls the arrow out of Yakul, like, because it's in Yakul's butt. And uh, mm-hmm. he's just like, I'll come back for you later. Mm-hmm. And then they reach the battlefield with Lady Boshi and Jigo's mer- uh, mercenaries are burying dead. And again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of dead bodies. Yes. And that's very mature for, like, this is supposed to be like a PG 13 movie. Um,. But he is told by an outer worker that they were used as bait, like the the townspeople. And the boars came at them, but that they had landmines underneath, and grenades were dropped by the mercenaries from above. So they literally used the townsfolk as bait for the boars so they can kill them both, kill two birds with one stone. And then Ashitaka learns that San was in the battle, but she's not dead. Then he's like, Tatara's being attacked, and I need to talk to Lady Yaboshi and tell her this. And uh, the mercenaries have taken control. But then Ashitaka um, finds one of San's wolf brothers pinned under one of the many bodies of boars, and he tries to get him out of there. And then they're just like, oh, you're on their side. And they, they shoot him with a bunch of poison darts, but then they're just like, what the hell? Then the iron workers literally like hit him with the butts of their rifles and help Ashitaka free the wolf. And then he leaves you cool in the care of the iron workers, you know, giving their trust because he seems to genuinely care. We're, we're almost towards the end. This is, this is even more dense than Howl's moving castle. And it's only going to get worse yeah. for spirited away. <laughs> Yeah, this movie has a lot of plot. So much plot. And a lot of details. Especially because then also we notice in that's the thing, also the movie moves pretty fast. Yeah. There's a lot of things happening and it moves really fast. We see that Yogo has spies dressed as boars. Oh also in this part and then we see uh I don't know if I got the name right, Lord Okoro. There's this big white boar. That he doesn't notice the trap by Yogo as we see so many boars. And he was like, come on. Not, not in the sideline, but he's kind of like, a, come on, let's go into battle. 
as also we see that it was a trap, of course, as we see they're attacking Loro Koro, and so, so because of the hatred that the uh, Loro Koro is feeling, we see all of those red worms getting out of him, as also he's bleeding out, and San is trying to like tell him to control his anger, but San also gets infected by the uh, by this uh, by the hatred. Also, the really cool animation as we see San getting covered with all of that blood and uh, all of those worms. As also we see that technically her is technically she's being part of of Okoro, but also she's technically also getting infected. She's turning into a demon herself. And so as we see that Asitaka tells Eboshi that the samurai are attacking, but she doesn't care because Eboshi's goal right now is to kill this, the, the, the Nightcrawler. And so, so we see we see all of the faces, and then we see Oko, Okoro, and also we see the sun. Like I said, it's, a, it's like between all of the red worms. And this is, I think this is the moment when we finally see the... The final form of the spit of the the of the nightcrawler, the way that he has kind of like this mouth in between the water. Yeah, it's like the head of the of the sacred deer, as it's called, mm-hmm. and the body of the nightcrawler. And this is this thing is huge, like Godzilla sized. And like you said, um, um, Lady Boshi's just like, no, no, screw everybody else. I'm trying to kill the forest spirit. Showing her how her ambition mm-hmm. has clouded her uh, mm-hmm. compassion. And Jigo's just like, which side are you on to Ashitaka? Because he seems mm-hmm. to flip-flop a lot. Yes. But we know it, he's just on the right the, the right side. Mm-hmm. And he, they're just like, oh, what are you going to do about Lady Boshi? And then she's just, or he's just like, let her do it. She'll do the dirty work mm-hmm. for us. But then they see Moro is at the water's edge dying. And then Okoto, who is now a demon, he's trying mm-hmm. to get the blessing of the sake of the, the forest spirit. And it's, it's hard because San is right in the middle of him and she's getting consumed by the demon tendrils. But Ashitaka yes. hears her cry and he leaps into, uh, Onto Okoto's snout, and he tries to dig San out of there. And the wolves are fighting off the the hunters and the boar skins. And uh, Moro, she was just like, um, I was going to save the last of my strength for Lady Eboshi, but I can't let San out of there. Or I can't leave San there. And then she drags her out. <laughs> and then the forest spirit arrives in the deer form. And then they're just like, oh, man. Um, and we see the spirit kind of like growing larger as the spirit is looking at the moon. Yeah, and he also, um, he euthanizes Okoto and Moro and takes mm-hmm. their lives away. Mercy kills them. Mm-hmm. And Eboshi um, is just like, well, that's his right to give and to take. And then it starts to change into the Nightwalker. And then she goes, watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. The trick is not to fear him. Hmm. Yes. As we see, like uh, like I said, it was like we see the, um, the spirit growing larger and larger into the moon. 
as we see that that, that she said, I'm gonna show you how to kill a god. As she shows the shoots the arrow from afar. Well, not the arrow. Sorry, it was the rifle. As the decapitates the spirit. The way that also does that that smile was like that, that creepy smile. We see the moment happen as all of the spirit turns turn into a black goo. Yep. Once again, goo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. Then dead Kadomas fall from the trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Lady Eboshi grabs the head and then gives it to Jigo. And then they put it in a metal box and then they're just running off. Mm-hmm. But Moro's head, um, which got detached from her body by the black ooze, it wriggles forward and it bites off Lady Eboshi's arm for bouncing off the ooze. What's even cooler is Eboshi doesn't even seem to care that her arm is gone. Yeah. She's just like, I told you, Wolf will bite your arm off. Like, not even face that she just lost her right arm. Mm-hmm. And then San and her brothers, they they take refuge on the island, the, the small little island that Ashitaka was on. And then um, Ashita- she, she gives the crystal necklace to Ashitaka and says, uh, kill Eboshi. But he says, mm-hmm. don't worry, Moro's revenge has been taken. And mm-hmm. he tells the women that he'd return to them. Then she's just like, come on. And he he gives her a hug, though. Despite everything, they're still alive. And they can still save the forest. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, or he's like, I'm not going to give up. I don't want you to either. And she's like, yeah, that's right. The Nightwalker is just looking for its head and spreading black mm-hmm. ooze. And everything it touches, it just destroys. Yeah, it's killing everything that it touches. It's a metaphor. This is all just a big metaphor. And yes, you see, James Cameron, that's the way to you do it. Subtlety, but also not subtle at the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so that was a pretty cool image. It's also, like I said about the head, it reminded me, it reminded me like I said, in Avatar Season 1, when they killed the spirit of, of the moon. And especially how everything turns red and black and white. And that was a pretty cool sequence as we see also. We see uh, Yogo. And this kind of like, a, it looked kind of like the Arrow of the Covenant. That, that that case where they're like, they have the head right there. As they're running. And so as we see the Nightwalker, it's almost by Iron Town. And Asitaka begs Yogo to give the head back. Uh, well, before that, he tells um, Toki and the rest of the the women and the lepers and everybody in town to evacuate because the oh, town yeah, is going to go in there to go to the water. Yeah, go into the water because it doesn't seem to want to go into the water for some reason. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just like, "No, we want to stay in town." And then they see it's coming, and they're like, "All right, we got to go." <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, they find Jigo in the head, and then he's just like, "Give the head back." Mm-hmm. He's just like, look, the sun's about to rise, and it, it'll be too late anyway. But uh, some of the men see that the forest spirit is almost got its head, and then they just drop it, mm-hmm. and they just run, yeah. and it rolls down the hill. But Jigo stops it tumbling down the hill because he still wants it. And they end mm-hmm. up on this rock, and then everything is being consumed around them, and... He convinces um, him to put it back, and he's just like, human hands must return it. 
You're just like, all right, fine. Because if they don't, they're going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. They put the head back. And um, Ashitaka is just like, go in peace. Mm-hmm. And then it showers them all in a bright light. Then on the lake, um, they see the night walker straighten up with its head back in place. And then it looks like its usual appearance of this awesome, like, see-through, starry, transparent look. Hmm. And then all these rafts arrive, and they're carrying all the rest of the Iron Men, <laughs> the Iron Town Men, and the rest of the town, and Lady Eboshi, and everybody reunites. And so, so we see the land getting reborn mm-hmm. around that because, Iron Town. Because um, it didn't return to its glade before, it didn't return to the heart of the forest before sunrise, mm-hmm. so the Nightwalker collapses and blows much of the town away. Mm-hmm. Like, literally just wipes out everything. Everybody's okay, it seems like. But See, Frozen 2? That's how you, you need Arendonia to mm-hmm. die. <laughs> Very Princess Mononoke vibes there. Shows you how... Oh my god, that's true! Shows you how influential this movie is. Mm-hmm. And then... We see that everything just regrows. Mm-hmm. And they see that the lepers have been healed. And that even Ashitaka, his curse has been lifted. Mm-hmm. And San is fine too as well. Mm-hmm. San, she's pretty distraught at the forest spirit dying, but he's just like, mm-hmm. Ashitaka is like, it can't die. It's life itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, so we see Eboshi with all of the all of the women, and all of the town men as she, with her arm still chopped off, she's like she just promised to build a better town. She still, even though if she learned her lesson, I hope so that she doesn't want power. She just cares about her community, and that was a cool thing at the end, that she's like, no, I'm gonna have my revenge or something. She's like, no, I just wanna be, I just wanna be better. I want a better time for my town folk because she cares about her citizens at the end. Yeah, it's awesome. Everybody gets a happy ending. And even San is just like, look, I like you a lot, but I can't live with humans. I can't forgive them for what they did. Hmm. Very similar to an event in Avatar that happens. Not not the movie, mm-hmm. the show. Yes, yeah, the show. But Ashitaka is just like, I understand but Yakul and I will visit you in the forest whenever we can. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, uh, Lady Eboshi. And then Jigo somehow is still alive. And then he is just yes. like, <laughs> well, I give up. You can't win against fools. But around the dead yeah, trees, so- we see new trees are growing. And among them, mm-hmm. a little white Kodoma as it rattles its head. And that is the movie. Oh, my God. That was a lot. Yeah, and also it has been 24 years later as we see that Studio Ghibli is still like in production for the Princess Mononoke sequels, like the Avatar ones that they're never going to come out. <laughs> yeah, but this movie was great. Um, like, like I said at the beginning, I did not expect this movie to be that good. The animation is way superior than Kiki and all of the ones that we have done before. I was really surprised. I like the 
the concept of the spirit and also like of course with the environmental message that is the movie is saying that pollution is bad because pollution is technically representing Lady Eboshi and Iron Town and the spirits is the mother nature fighting back. Also, Mother Nature would have fought back to just release a toxin into the air like in the happening. <laughs> you know what? I'll take that over uh, freaking Last Jedi. But uh, yeah, no, the themes in this movie, <laughs> it is very apparent this movie is an environmental message. Mm-hmm. But how we must preserve the environment. And that's a theme that carries on in a lot of uh, Miyazaki movies. And mm-hmm. I think here it's done the best because... There's no clear good guy or bad guy for anybody. Everybody has layers and is interesting and the world is interesting. I mean, just the art. I could look at it for mm-hmm. hours. And I, I, I imagine a book of just like of all of the different backgrounds of Princess Mononoke. They, they probably do have that. They probably have the art. I'm really tempted to just buy the art of it. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding. And yeah, it's... um. It's also anti-war, once again. Mm-hmm. It shows how futile war is. And I think it's all of Studio Ghibli's... Um, it's all their classic tropes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. woman, prote- woman, not a main protagonist, but a strong woman. Environmental, mm-hmm. anti-war, beautiful animation. Um, not so much good food this time around yeah there was no food not really not that that soup looked kind of gray and lumpy Mm -hmm. but outside of that i think it's literally everything that encapsulates studio ghibli that's done to the best and that is why i i just cannot say enough about this movie and it's my favorite which i know it's heresy because spirited away seems to be universally the number one and it's it's up there for sure. Mm, we'll see. We'll see when I see yeah, Spirit Yeah, but this away. is my personal favorite. Interesting. And I love it every time. It's just, it just has a grand epic scale, like something akin to Lord of the Rings, where it's just you mm-hmm. feel how epic and great this is. And it's just this... It's a simple story, but it's told in such a big way. Mm-hmm. There's really not much that I can criticize from this movie either. Yeah, the only thing that I could criticize is maybe we needed a little more time with Sun and her and her duel between her wanting to be a human and a wolf and a spirit. I think we needed a little more character development on Sun. Yeah. But even though it was a good amount, but I think we needed more yeah. because I see Lady Eboshi and Asitaka more as the leads than Sun. Yeah, literally the biggest problem with Princess Mononoke is Princess Mononoke, Sun. Yeah, and you find that hilarious, but it's just like, or ironic, but it's still done really well. And for that reason, all the reasons I listed, I'm going to give this a ten. Wow. A very rare ten out of ten. You said it's your favorite. I know mm-hmm. I'm very biased, but no, I'm I'm giving this a ten out of ten. It's been a while since I've done that. Yes, it has been a while. And I, I will get this movie because I need to rewatch it a little, like two more times just to get all of the little details. It's a lot. It, but like I said, it's a lot to take in. It felt kind of like a four-hour movie capsule in a two-hour movie. Yeah, you understand why I wanted this to be done later, not immediately jump into yes. this. Because if this was the, like, the first movie that you watched, 
you'd be turned off by it. Probably. Not turned off because then, if let's say if you pick this one first, then the other ones will, will my expectations will be too high. because I saw And that's another reason why, is because, you know, it builds uh-huh. up to that. Yeah, that's that's yes. why I I save it for later. Mm-hmm. I will get this movie a nine. I need to see it again, but just because of the visuals and the fantasy and the, and the gore, that's why I will give it a nine. But I do need to see it later. That, like I said, my only criticism is the character development on San, on Mononoke. That's it. And with that, do you have any other thoughts, buddy? Before we wrap up this episode. No, that's the final thoughts on the episode. And as always, you can find me at Rovero RDC on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd on on Rovero RDC. Yes, Stardust is no longer anymore, so I can't say that. RIP Stardust. That I was one of the first ones that that, that started that app. God damn me it. too. But yeah, and so and also as always, you can find the podcast and SYNS Pod on Twitter. And also, even though this episode is gonna get released in like two weeks, but also congratulations again to our friends uh, Tom and Kimber. We were me and Billy. We went to their wedding, and it was amazing. It was it was a wonderful evening, and. We we all managed to meet up in person, like our group of friends. We've known each other for like six, seven years, and it's it was really nice. Uh, we did take pictures, and uh, <clears throat> it's probably why I'm sick, honestly. But it was it's it was worth water- yeah no it was worth it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Master of Puns one nine six. Every word is starts with a capital letter. You can follow me on Instagram. I did it. I uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And once again, you can listen to us on Apple. Uh, give us a five star and a review. Unless you're that one asshole, we don't know who you are, but <laughs> I'm coming for you. And uh, uh, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever pod anchor, wherever podcasts are listened to. Once again, our Twitter is at SYNS Pod. And as always, see you next summer. Dun, 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 dun.